This is the Off-Duty, On-Duty Podcast, episode number 64. I'm your host, Brian Eastridge. Welcome to the podcast. The Off-Duty, On-Duty Podcast. We take topics relevant to today's gun owners. We tackle them from the perspective of everyday concealed carriers and law enforcement officers. Giving you both angles of discussion. Today, I'm joined by John Murphy of FPF Training. And we're going to talk about integrated skills, specifically soft skills for the armed citizen. First, a word from our sponsors. Title sponsor of the podcast, XS Sites. Go to XSSites.com. Check them out there. Made in Texas by Americans, right? No. That's a great company. Newest sponsor, Elite Survival Systems. Products for your EDC needs since 1979. Don't just survive. Thrive at EliteSurvival.com. Check out their range bag. I just got one. It's really nice. CCW Safe. Save 10% off your membership at by using code OFFDUTY10 at checkout. The most comprehensive coverage by the most experienced team. EDC Belt Company, the foundation belt worn by yours truly. EDCBeltCo.com. And don't forget to sign up weekly for the Concealed Carry Podcast giveaway. Links are in the show notes. All right, that was the fastest intro I've ever done. All right, our guest tonight. On the off-duty, on-duty podcast is John Murphy from FPF Training. Thanks. We've been talking about doing this since TACCON earlier in the year. And, yes, uh, sir. I guess uh, Maslow's got some Wi-Fi going on, and uh, and uh, we're able to, to do it. So, Well, I, I appreciate you having me on, Brian. It, it has been kind of a, a, you know, a struggle to get our schedules to link up, but, well, here we are. Yeah, so I got to ask one thing. Have you been on Lee Weems' podcast yet? Yes, I have. Oh, man, I thought I beat well, him once. Just last week, just last weekend, last week, I guess it goes up on Monday. Yeah, Lee pulled one over on me again because I released. You know, he, he got the get, man. He got the get. <laughs> and uh, I think his schedule's a little less erratic than mine. But, uh, but yeah, our running joke is, you know, who's your next guest? Well, it was your last one, you know? So, <laughs> oh man. So tonight, you know, when we were talking pre-show, you, you mentioned, you know, okay, you shoot good enough. Like, uh, that's, I guess I consider that maybe a hard skill, right? Like, no, it's very much hard skill. So when, when you, when you are influencing someone ballistically, <laughs> that, that is a hard skill. Yeah. It, and your take on it was at some point you shoot good enough. And I couldn't right, agree and, more. And, and right now, let me make a comment that that was drove, drove home to me by John Holshin out of the West coast. Yeah. It, and he, um, at, at some point you've got that mechanical hard skill down well enough to maybe you should consider acquiring other ancillary skills that would maybe preclude having to use that hard skill uh and how well do you and starting with you know the ultimate software yourself how well do you know you how well do you do conflict with people uh and that that and conflict communication soft skills uh at, at some point we and we all face the tyranny of time you've got to apportion the time available for uh you know career family self well, and now I, I want to be able to take care of my career and, and my, well, my family and myself. So I need to apportion some time toward that. 
And uh, if you can produce a pistol in about 1.4, 1.5 seconds and, and, and hit that, uh, that pie plate at five yards, for your average concealed carry guy, all right, that is a plateau. You should consider maybe branching out into something else. I'm not saying continue, don't continue on. Right. By all means. But I'm saying that there are multiple tracks we need to be going down at any given moment. And right. ideally, you kind of have uh, all, all the tracks are proceeding pretty much on an even keel. Okay. Yeah. So that's one of the great things. Um, I, I won't say few great things, but they are getting fewer about being a full-time cop is we get to practice soft skill conflict for a living day in, day out. Um, and I think that's something that, you know, Joe, Joe average, Joe six pack that, that wants to be an armed citizen. That's a, that's a place that they really have to seek somebody like yourself out to receive that and, and kind of training. Honestly, Brian, I can, I could come nowhere near replicating in the course of a weekend, what you were exposed to on a shift. Right. Uh, you know, call and call and call. Oh, look, here's a traffic accident. Oh, look, a domestic problem. Oh, look, what, what's this vagrant guy doing on the street? Uh, for us, and it's a rare moment that we actually get involved in, a, in an altercation or a conflict with someone, and it, and it usually involves a boundary enforcement one way or the other. Okay. Uh, if a uh, behavioral boundary, like, hey, would you not do that, please? Or really? Or a, uh, a proximic boundary. Would you stay with your police for me? And sometimes please isn't enough. Uh, I had an incident. It's a little bit embarrassing. In Phoenix, in a, in a hotel, uh, I was on a schedule. I went in to, to, to uh, do my laundry, and someone had all the machines tied up, and the machines weren't moving. I, I had no idea how long that, that laundry had been there. And I'm on, a, I'm on a schedule. I thought, well, I'll just move some stuff around. What could possibly go wrong? Kind of like in the, in the military, in the Marine Corps, in the barracks. Yeah. Just, oh, no. I, 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 I hit a boundary there. And a uh, lady came in. She got very upset very quickly. And uh, there were, you'll find, I'm sure, as you have, when you're having a, a conflict communication with someone and they cannot leave one basic point, you can't do that. You can't do that. Well, how long was I supposed to wait? How long, you know, you were, you were holding up. She just was unable to move past that one point and it became obvious to me that it was time to extricate myself from the situation. And, uh, I, I grabbed my, grabbed my clothes and, uh, got back in my RV and, and well, when she said, wait until my boyfriend hears about that. I'm like, Oh, here we go. Here we go. This is, and this is how it starts. And I thought, well, Murphy, you kind of stepped into this one. Uh, anyway, some people have got no capacity to walk away from something like that. Right. Uh, they get ego bound to it. Uh, parking lot disputes. That I mean, on any given day, I can go to a news feed and find where a parking space dispute turned violent. Frequently with, with gunplay. Yeah. Uh, people get very, very territorial. So essentially... A soft skill, what we'd be talking about here would be a boundary enforcement, behavioral or, or, or proximate distance, and how that can actually can very easily go awry. Uh, and then there's always, well, for a behavioral example, 
would be the, uh, as you're looking about a room, you have that momentary eye contact, and then you get the, what are you looking at? Right. And well, and all right, I call that doing banjos, and that guy has just strummed the first chord. <laughs> okay. Love it. And we and we know how that can end up. We all we all saw the movie, right? Uh, so we have to uh, have to have a way to deflect. I'm sorry, I was just spaced out, man. My apologies. Or was I was I in the Marines with you? Do I know you? I'm sorry, I thought I knew you. My apologies. And if, and, and most people will let, will let you go at that unless they're looking for a problem. Uh, another thing that we have to look out for if we're going to be concealed carrying effectively armed citizens uh, is a third party intervention can be can easily turn disastrous. Uh, I have a my YouTube channel. I have a 45 minute presentation lecture on the perils and pitfalls of third party interventions. And uh, in this particular, well, you can be, you can be a hero or you can wind up dead or somewhere in between. Uh, in this particular case, uh, a guy new to carrying in Philadelphia of all places Two weeks with his permit, with his brand new six-hour P226, probably still in the price tag, hanging off the, right. off the trigger guard. Walking down the street, encounters a lover's quarrel. And what he witnesses, the, the two separate. And he walked up to her and said, are you okay? Dun, 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 dun. Yep. Do you have a problem? And away we went. And it's been my experience that if somebody asks you that question in that tone, you do, in fact, now have a problem. Uh, in this case, the problem turned into, a, into, a, uh, into a, a punch, knocked the guy's glasses off. Uh, he had no skills other than he was carrying a pistol. Um, so he out, out came the gun. He shot the guy dead. And then it was like, you killed my boyfriend. Yep. Just like you're abundantly aware of how that, how that rolls. I've seen so that movie before. A, yeah, I'm sure. Yes, you have a, a spectrum of skills, uh, essentially based around what William April taught me: are pre decisions. What am I going to do for who, and under what circumstances, or whom, as the case may be? Uh-huh. Uh Because if we are at the moment caught up into something that we haven't thought through, or at least have a, a template a mental model of what it is we're going to do or desired end state, we can find ourselves jammed up really quickly. Uh, and, you know, good intentions don't, don't make it in the court of law. Right. And on, uh, you know, you talk about third party intervention. Uh, I've, I've been party to more than, and making pre-decisions, right. I've, I've been party to more than one car crash that a, you know, a good Samaritan stopped and then ended up in a car crash and injured because of trying to intervene in, you know, maybe provide some kind of aid or help or, or whatever. I've seen that movie a dozen times. Let me, let me tell you about my one starring role in that movie. <laughs> uh, as I'm driving down the Fairfax County Parkway, coming home from my former employer, I've retired now from the, from the department of defense intelligence community. Uh, a white car pulls alongside me and passes a blue car on the shoulder of the road and their side essentially does a pit maneuver and knocks the white car through the median into oncoming traffic. I'm like, holy cow, a blue car just takes off. I pull over and I'm watching. This is going to be really bad. I mean, this thing's zipping into oncoming traffic. 
guides all miracles, crosses both legs, bam, goes into the trees. I'm like, you know, here I come to save the day. And I pull my car over, hit the emergency flashers, grab my phone, grab my uh, my dark angel response, medical response kit, my dark. And then I had to play Frogger across you know, the highway right. because this, this is Northern, Northern Virginia and people don't stop for nothing. But do you know who I am? Anyway, I come upon this white Hyundai and, he, and it's hung up in the trees and the branches and the motor's still running. All the airbags are fired. All the windows are blown out. I, I yell, hello, hello. Does anyone need help? No answer. No answer. So I steal myself and pull back the airbag to see what happened. There's nobody in the car. I'm oh. like, holy cow, it was an ejection. This is even getting worse. I come around to the driver's side. I see a dude, kind of a long-haired dude, white shirt, blue jeans come out. Coming out of the woods. I thought he must obviously be mentally you know, confused. I'm, sir, sir, I need to have a look at you. Can you talk to me, please? He said, no, no, I'm fine. Let me get my car. I need my phone. I need my phone. He goes back in the car. He grabs a cell phone. And then a sports break. And I thought, well, maybe he's not so messed up, but he might have some head injury. I need to look at him. Right. And I'm talking to the guy and trying to get an assessment going. I'm, I, someone else is calling 911. And about then, Fairfax County police arrived. And we're at the back of the car. And the cop walked up, walked up and said, sir, are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. Would you put those down, please? Sure. Turn around. Bam, he cuffed him. The guy was drunk off his butt. Right. Right. And there I was involved and I'm like, now oh, you're a yeah, wit- now you're a witness in a dui case yeah and, that, and yeah it was yeah well I, well not i, I want to know what that blue car was all about that that, that essentially pitted the guy but anyway that was a a moment of uh i'm a high responder and that was a moment subsequently to that just some great reflection yeah <laughs> because as i'm crossing that highway i actually have been turned into a hood ornament for a bmw and and then and then what? So I'm not saying I won't get involved, but I'm gonna say I'm, I'm gonna be a lot more circumspect than I have been in the past. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that was one of the things I always appreciated about William April was the the ability to make you think about something that you've either done or seen or been involved in, etc. Uh, and not just about gunplay and you know. In the the gun toting community, we all, you know, we all nerd out about gear and all those things, and and yep. what gun, what second. yes, and what you know, what ammo, what this, that, and the other. And uh, I always appreciated that he had that way to kind of bring you back to earth and go, "What if you see this? You know, what's your?" Wh- and then what? Yeah, and, and then, then what? I <laughs> uh, William gone far too soon. He, he had a pretty profound impact on my curriculum. Uh, like like many others, you know, I was doing, I was a shooting instructor with a somewhat self defense bent bent to it. Right. And then I recognized, like, holy cow, there is a long line of really hot shooting instructors out there, and uh, maybe I'm, I'm I should differentiate because it's what people actually need. Yeah. Uh. And I'm um, not necessarily what they want. Uh, consequently, I derived my, my street and counter skills and tactics uh, curriculum. It's a two-day class. Well, actually, two, two and a half-day class. There are, it starts with five hours on YouTube. View ahead. 
show up on a Saturday. We roll into a, into a practical application with pardon me, pepper spray and tourniquet pressure dressings. And then all of Saturday is uh, soft skill de- development. We got hard skill. We need some dry, dry draw strokes uh, and role playing and scenarios. Uh, how do I make a 911 call? What do I do after my incident? Can I, I, we, I actually, I do a departure drill where I will have a conflict, rah, 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 and people have to like, okay, you know what? You're right. I, I just want to leave. That loud gulp was yeah. their pride and ego going down. I mean, uh, because that's just going to get you jammed up. My point is, if you are armed as you should be, then you are in an armed conflict. And I'll use another William term over there. We want to look for some off-ramps away from that. And I, I found there's kind of a niche there. I can be teaching people things to do uh, beyond, you know, working, pulling that pistol out in 1.1 seconds and, and executing that perfect uh, control pair to high, double tap to high center mass. Right. Yeah. It, you know, I bet I'm pushing 20 years in law enforcement and, uh, probably the number the number one thing that uh the new kids you know get a get baptism by fire is that that soft skill about how your mouth will talk you out of more fights and more conflict than anything else and uh that's a hard thing to train in a in a very in a sterile environment or, or I said not sterile, but maybe, you know, a controlled environment. It's very it difficult is. to simulate the stress that you, this, and the, emo, the emotional and ego involvement in, in whatever that has, that has caused whatever affront has triggered this. Uh, it's very hard to do that, but I have to give people at least a, a template to fall in on because you've got to understand the consequences. Yeah. Uh, if this thing keep if this thing keeps going, well, there could be a use of force. It could be your pepper spray. It could be a fight. And, and here's a, here's a point: you can lose these things. Yeah. And oh, yeah, I'm told it happens. Uh, and then, and then your weapon is 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 in play. Uh, you go to a grapple. This guy feels your gun. And now, how, when was the last time you did weapons retraction from your concealed holster and worked on that skill? Uh, as I learned from when we get handsy onsy, you know, all bets are off. Yeah. All bets are off. We, t- we tell and new cops, really- we, we tell new cops all the time, every single, every single incident you respond to, there's a gun there and it may not necessarily be just your gun. Um, you know, sometimes my gun turns into our gun <laughs> and that's a, as a, as an armed concealed carrier, when I'm not in that role and I don't have all the fancy retention devices, that's a real consideration that I make before any type of intervention is, you know, if I end up on the ground with this dude, that's going to be a bad day for one of us. Yep. So, uh, and the majority of people, uh, as I, as well, I would say that are concealed that will advocate, and follow a concealed carry lifestyle. Uh, Carl Ren gets some numbers on this. It's a very, very steep pyramid, actually. You've got, you'll take your base class, your four hours, your bo- you'll fire your 10 rounds, box checked, and then they may or may not carry a gun. 
Uh, more often than not, it becomes kind of a sock drawer ornament. And then we, we ramp up from there, and you've got to hit maybe three or four classes. It's an exceptional person that will subject themselves to the uh, physical discomfort and potential humiliation of a class like EC, uh, Craig Douglas's Extreme Chorus Combatives class, ECQC. Uh, but so you're, now you're moving very much at the very pinnacle of, of the casino care practitioners that are out there. Uh, people will, will love to take hard skills, hard skills classes as well, uh, as I'm discovering. But yeah, working some soft skills into it. And then and when you have all these skills and your mishmash that you've acquired, get some capacity to integrate them seamlessly at the moment. Uh, and that's something else that people will tend to, they will tend to train, I call it stovepipes, or as I call them, cylinders of excellence. All right, like I'm, I'm awesome at bullseyes at 25 yards, but I can't, I can't rattle off two or three pre-incident attack indicators. Right. Well, I, I got some news, bro. Uh, those bullseyes or that point rack is, is not, not your problem, especially when it, this problem is walking towards you like, at lick, lick, uh, lickety split at quick speed. Uh, I just saw a video the other day from uh, Houston of a parking lot. It was it was a carjacking, armed robbery. Uh, it is civilian is walking. Uh, I can only describe the vector and speed of the criminal toward this guy as predatory, absolutely predatory. And this guy didn't know he had a problem until he was getting pistol whipped. Right. Uh, beach was feet. Uh, got shook down. Took his keys. Pistol whipped him again. Then rolled off in the guy's very high end SUV. So. If you're out on the range and you're doing your, your, your grouping exercises at seven yards and whatnot, time to first shot, that's all great hard skills. But if there's no soft skill to back it up, awareness, recognition, and recognition has got to result in decisive positive action for the situation. Otherwise, you're just admiring the problem. Unless you train for that, unless you've got your cylinders of excellence all, all, all tied together, well, then you're kind of set up for failure. So on the soft skill stuff, give me like verbal, give me a good example of like verbal soft skill. We kind of did a little bit of that earlier, but you know, something that just average Joe could take away. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, man. I didn't mean to do that. I'm Excellent. <laughs> and that, I, I, I'm such a buffoon. I, I think, oh, I get, let, let me get you and your guys around. Something like that goes a long way. Uh, you might, you may have heard of a guy named Michael Yan. He was a, he is a military blogger, quite prolific, really sharp guy. Eons ago, he had just graduated from special forces training and he went to a country Western bar. And uh, he just wanted to hang out, maybe get a few beers and drink, meet a girl. Well, there was a guy there that kept picking on him. And Yang tried the let me buy you a beer, you know, thing to buy him off. It didn't work. So uh, I guess at the back end of it, you have to have something to back up your, your soft skills as a result. Uh, in Yang's case, he ended up punching the guy. And he, he fell down, hit his head on the floor and died right there. So uh, I, make, I make this point. There are consequences out, out there that people don't. 
necessarily consider uh, at all. Uh, but just just the capacity to swallow your pride, and I know you're, you'll, you'll have to act because you know you're right. You know you were right. But yeah, man, I'm sorry. I, I just, you know what? I think I should maybe just go home. You have a pleasant night, sir, and, and, and get out. Now, if they, now then, if they don't let you, if they continue to close the distance, well, then you have just purchased a lot of legal and social goodwill. When your team shows up, well, what happened here? Well, there was a kind of an altercation. That guy kept trying to back away from that guy, but he wouldn't let him. So that guy pepper sprayed him. Yeah. That that goes a long way. I uh I worked an area of town for for many years that uh all of the entertainment venues, the you know, the security there carried, you know, the dog, the bounty hunter special issued super, you know, fogger pepper spray. And ninety percent of the time when I would get a call there. I'd walk up and, you know, there's a guy snotting and crying and, and I'm like, did, and my first question was, did they ask you to leave? And you know, you'd get a head nod from the, you know, the, the misery, the yes. misery. And then I'd look over at the, the bouncer and he'd go, I asked him three times and it was like, okay, do you want, you want this guy to go to jail or you just want to, you know, send him on his way with his face full of hate there, you know? And, and, and 90% of the time it was. Yep. Just send him on his way, get him in a cab, get him out of here. That other 10% was either, man, that bouncer was hitting on my girlfriend and I got pepper sprayed and the tables turned or Uh it was, Hey, this guy hit one of our people inside. So there was that about 10% of the time where it was like, it could go either way, you know? Uh, but it wasn't uncommon to, you know, get out of the police car and just go, Oh man, somebody got out of line. I know what this is. Yeah. yeah. Seen this movie, but, uh, but yeah, I, I will say you're the things you do up to the point of deploying something to save your, your skin, uh, go a long way for, you know, when dudes like me and uni- uniforms with shiny accoutrements show up. So uh, another thing I like to, I emphasize in my class is a lot of visualization of, of pre-incident behavior. Uh, again, on my YouTube, there's that five hours of video, there's 25 minutes dedicated to pre-assault indicators. And I, I lay these things out. I mean, these things happen in a pattern. And if you are aware of the pattern, you can depart the scene. Uh, one of the big patterns I teach people, and there's multiple examples of, of it, besides that direct vector movement towards are two or more individuals fanning out as they approach to divide your attention and, and limit your response opportunities. Uh, you know, I call that the fan it's for military terminology. It's, it's a double envelopment and you're getting surrounded. Uh, if you see that coming, you need to make a, make, make a move. Uh, again, just the uh, aware, alert, aware option. We can, we can deflect from a lot of this and we can't forget about John Farnham's dictum, the rule of the stupids. Yeah. And don't go to stupid places with stupid people and get stupid times and do stupid things. The thing is, it's hard to get someone who's 23 years old to understand that it's stupid because that's, well, that's where the fun is. Um, 
So we had to we had to work that that end of it as well. Uh, and sometimes, well, despite your best efforts, the stupid can come to you. Uh, you can be in a public venue, a zoo, for instance, or a parking lot or a mall, and it just snaps. It doesn't take much. L- loud venues, uh, as you're aware, concerts. I'm under, I'm under talk. I understand that people occasionally will buy at, con- at such musical events. And uh, when alcohol content goes up, inhibitions and IQ go down. And then you've got that behavioral boundary to enforce. And, well, it just, you're, you're abundantly aware of how this can go. Oh, yeah. Well, I will say the one positive thing to living in the era of the pandemic is that that proximal thing has gotten apparent to a lot of people. And now it is not so socially unacceptable to look at somebody and move out of their way, so to speak, Um, you know, for many years. And I was like, man, this is the best thing about this whole COVID business is people don't want to stand next to me. That's awesome. Uh, Matter of fact, sometimes I'll walk towards them just to get them to get a little further away from me. So, uh, you know, but, but there again, like you said, the, the proximal thing, um, and at concerts, there is no proximal thing. Everybody's kind of in everybody's business. And, uh, about, about that. And in the mid sixties, they did that study on, uh, public space, social space, intimate space, right. And the little circles. Well, we've all been in venues. I mean, if I'm walking in a, in a, in a bar uh, in, in, Penn, in in Philadelphia, not far from Penn, packed full of people. To go anywhere, you're, you're bumping into people, and that's okay because we all signed the social contract to be there. Right. Now, if I'm out and about and someone starts encroaching upon that space, well, that's a whole other issue, and we need to, we, we have a boundary to enforce uh, or manage. Uh, Craig Douglas, uh, his paradigm, managing unknown contacts, industry, you know, really advanced the standard quite a bit. Uh, before him, Farnham taught me to, uh, he called it talking to Goofy. And, you know, that's what, that's what John called it, you're, when you're talking to Goofy. <laughs> uh, and then Craig took it and really refined it even more. Uh, I, I'm thinking uh, it's unknown contacts. We also need skills to handle emotional contacts. Uh and we all know how those, you know, I lost my dog. There's been a car accident or, or things of that nature. Uh, you know, people get agitated, very emotional. You've seen it. Oh, yeah. Uh, or managing, I, I would call them unwanted contacts. Uh, there's unknown and there's absolutely unwanted. Now, here's a thing where women in particular have to act appropriately and decisively early to, 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 to defend, you know, when, when, when the internal pursuit gets too close. Uh, and it's an unwanted contact. This this guy is scheming a, a young lady, a lady out. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm with someone else. I'll, I have to go. Something like that to create that. You know, put that boundary out and cre- start creating space. Uh, I will say this: movement is eloquent communication. And if after you have communicated that you want that space, they don't they don't give it to you. Well, then. The, the, they're, they're still communicate. They're communicating most most directly at that point, and you need to start considering dialing things up. 
And that is uh, a thing I'll, I would discuss uh, in my class. We are a kind of a collection of buttons, switches, dials, and levers. And if we give somebody access to our buttons, switches, dials, and levers, well, then we can become very responsive to what they're doing. Or they can make it, make, they can provoke us into doing something we wouldn't normally or ordinarily do. Uh, you might recall about a year and a half ago, there was an incident in Pennsylvania between two neighbors and, and shoveling snow. I use that as, a, as a, a prime example of when buttons get pushed and, uh, and a threat is made. In this case, the threat was, I'll make your life a living hell. And the guy thought, you know what? I, I think you would. I think you would. And then he introduced a pistol into, into the thing. So we have to be very cognizant of protecting our buttons, levers, dials, and switches. Uh, so people don't get a, get a chance to, uh, you know, to alter our programming. Uh, and we also, I think, should be very careful if we attempt to manipulate someone else's. Because you, they might catch on to doing it being had, and then that's going to trigger a whole other thing. Uh, I, I know there are books out there, don't settle for half, and yada, 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 and things like that. Well, some, some uh, communication negotiations are fraught with a lot more peril than walking away from a car dealership. A lot more peril. So that is something that has to be, you know, in our minds as well. And we're back to that time apportionment. Uh, you know, if you do your 20 minutes of drive fire a week or so to, to maintain currency in that skill, how about going to a, I don't know, I'll, I'll throw it out there right now, John Korea's Active Self-Protection YouTube channel and watching two or three of his videos of incidents to put that into your hard drive. Uh, or actually where your, your flash flash memory at this point to see what things look like and what potential consequences can be. I think John's doing a fine service out there in that regard. Uh, other things you could, you know, read the newspaper. Uh, several years ago, I was shocked to learn that there were double a double homicide around the corner from my house that I had no idea that it happened. No idea. And you would think you would, you would know about these sort of things, but nope. Well, sometimes police agencies will kind of keep things a little bit squelched. And uh, the problem there was a halfway house for troubled youth. And uh, they didn't want the neighborhood to know that that facility was there. Uh, one of the kids, well, one, one of the uh, women that worked there found, was found dead behind the place covered in leaves. They, they liked the kid up front, but they couldn't pin it on him. So we stayed there, and about six weeks later, he did it again. And only, and only then did the neighborhood know that that was a, that was a thing. Uh, there's a lot to be said for being aware behind how your stock portfolio is doing, yeah. or the latest uh, the latest uh, water cooler scuttlebutt at, at the office. Starts at home. Yeah. Well. These are all fine points, and uh, we've been going about thirty-five minutes. And I, I told you I wouldn't keep you any longer than about forty. So, well, uh, the uh, let me let me let me finish out strong. I'm ready for you, man. All right. So, where does being a former Marine, where does the knife hand fit into the equation? 
<laughs> well, all right. So I mentioned earlier that in conflicts, people generally don't have much experience getting yelled, yelled at. They, it doesn't happen outside the military. Uh, and I have a, a variety of means. And not just a loud a, a, a voice, but you know, gestures, whatnot, to kind of induce some stress on people. I, I don't, you know, the whole inoculation thing in the era of the vaccine. Uh, I think I think there's some utility to it in our in this realm as well. Uh, so I, I've been I've I've, I've had reputation as being probably the shortest and loudest instructor in the industry right now. <laughs> so I know when I hurt my own ears. I know I've hit it just about right, uh, but people have got to understand it's just a loud voice, and they cannot let a loud voice and and language paralyze them into action, because that is one of the tools that will be will be arrayed against them. Uh, that's all part of the Saturday curriculum. Sunday, I do some other cool stuff with with lights and things of that like nature. Uh, uh, to, we, we establish time and timing. I talk. You know, we'll talk about how much time does it take for you to perform a given task, and then we work on scenarios in which you would have to determine the appropriate timing to implement that task. A case in point: if you're a one point five second draw stroke, and you know from your studies that you're in a one second window, you need to do something different to move. So I, I do a lot, a bit of that as well. That's, that's good. I know, uh, you know, Lee and I broke the internet a few months ago with the whole sub second draw thing. And, uh, Oh yes, you did. You know, I, I am unapologetic about it because I'm a firm believer that the, the first time your red flare goes up, uh, your hard skills are going to diminish exponentially. And, uh, I've seen that from some of the highest trained cops I've ever been around that, uh, the moment that adrenaline dump hits them for the first time, it's it's anybody's guess as to how that uh, you know how that's going to play out. So uh, I, I know it's it's kind of a Mount Everest. A lot of people are, are climbing it right now, and I won't deny that there are there is some utility involved in that. I witnessed or watched a video of a carjacking in Oakland about a month ago. Retired cop, twenty years on the job, who is now running a uh, he's growing marijuana. And, and so figure that go figure right all right and, and you know legally uh he gets carjacked he times it just right he he, he engages in what i call malignant compliance they shake him down for his phone his wallet and his watch and then they let him kind of like walk away well he pulls off a, a very close to a second draw shoot shot one guy he ran off burned down the second guy and then his training and experience kind of failed him. He couldn't let it go, Brian. Oh. He came around the gas pump looking for who else am I going to take and you know deal with here? And walked into a wall of bullets and got shot up pretty bad. Yeah. And anyway, th- yep. There, there's some utility to it. And oh, here's a f- thing about him: he was involved in five shootings while he was on the job. Ooh. So that was not his first trip to the rodeo. So that's probably why he was able to pull off that very close to a second draw. And, and score a hit. They drove. They drove the drove the kid off. Uh, there's a utility to it, but we have to make sure that we are not engaging in parlor trickery. I agree completely. Well, that was a great uh, final uh, 
little volley we had there. Where can we uh, where can we find where John Murphy's going to be permeating his knowledge and uh, curriculum to the world? It's uh, fpftraining.com, fpftraining.com, and my YouTube channel is FPF Training. Uh, I've got about seven hours of content up there right now. Some of it I think is, is pretty darn novel, and I've had some good success with that. Uh, I start my se- season here down in Florida, the 7th and 8th. I'll be Lake Okeechobee, and then uh, I am in Naples, and then Homestead, and then Holt. And then I'm up to, off to Midway, Georgia, and then all, all over the place. I've got almost 40 venues scheduled for 2022 all across this great land of ours. That is exceptional. Well, uh, when you make it to the uh, wheat fields of Oklahoma, I'll have to uh, I have to hit you up. I'm looking forward to it, man. Hey, thanks, John Murphy. catch a class out at Mead Hall with you uh, in April, apparently. A reminder, check out today's sponsors, Excess Sites, title sponsor of the podcast. Elite Survival Systems, products for your EDC needs since 1979. Don't just survive, thrive at EliteSurvival.com. CCW, save 10, save 10% off your membership using the code off-duty tenant checkout. EDC Belt Co. Little Birdie says maybe Mick Shook has a discount code. <laughs> Thanks, Carrie Trainer. EDCBeltCo.com. And don't forget to sign up for the Concealed Carry Podcast giveaway. The link is in the show notes. Sign up weekly to be eligible for that drawing. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast it helps me out it helps uh the concealed carry network out and it'll give you alerts every time we release an episode the off-duty on-duty podcast is a production of eastridge training and consulting llc eastridge training and consulting llc presents the following content for educational purposes only Always take proper precautions, follow all firearm safety rules, consult with a competent firearms instructor, and have trained medical staff on hand when operating live firearms. Legal content, commentary, or explanations do not constitute legal advice. We are not attorneys and recommend always consulting with competent legal counsel when researching or seeking to understand laws and legal application. Eastridge Training and Consulting, LLC, its participants, partners, and affiliates are not liable for any action taken based on the content of this shared podcast.